welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host, Maxine. I'm on episode 137. Hello, hello, hello. Let's start off this episode by giving a public service announcement to older niggas. Hello? Is my mic on? We're starting this episode to give a public service announcement to older niggas. Now, my voice may sound a little baritone-ish because I just had to get this off my chest at this point in time during the day. It's in the morning time as I'm recording this. And I just experienced something last night when I was out with some of my colleagues. Great time, by the way. We'll talk about that in a moment. But I just want to talk about older niggas. Let's just have a conversation about them for a second. I don't think there's enough conversations had about older men, older black men in particular. I'm not talking about any other type of uh, men, older black men. Okay, let's start from the get-co. Let's start from the get-co. Um, I was out last night with my colleagues, some of my colleagues, and there was this older man with us who I don't know. I don't know who he is. But one of my colleagues do know him, and um, okay, cool. So he's, like, with our little circle. Okay, he's seated already, and we're in his, not in his area per se, but, like, the, the spot that we're at is super tight, and so you naturally share spaces with other people. And we just so happen to share a space with this older guy. Let's call him Era. I'm doing that for a particular reason. Era has an E-R-R-O-R. Let's call him Era. I'm not even going to say Era, nigga. I don't feel like doing all that. Let's just call him Era. His first name does begin with the E. So that's also why I say Era. Um, He's seated already because he was already there. And we're sharing the space with him because there's this hookah little machine thing that some of my colleagues are using and we're just standing there dancing and just like vibing out okay cool he is like already I knew he had an attitude I already knew he had an attitude and I already was like okay I'm definitely not gonna turn his way like I'm not like I'm, I'm the type of person like, I'm not going to feed into it like I could feel the energy in the room I could feel the energy that you're that you're evoking right now so I'm not going to entertain it until you get out of your funk then we could kiki ki or whatever okay but no this is gonna be a no for me dog he's seated he has like a little bit of attitude or whatever and I don't think he even introduced himself to all of us and I don't remember if my colleague who knows him introduced us to him or maybe she did very like quickly and I forgot. I don't remember. It wasn't memorable for a reason. OK, so he finally um, turns to me because I'm I'm now seated kind of near him. I finally sit down after standing up and he turns to me and I think he's been watching me because I think he's seeing some parts of my personality I'm like joking about something or I'm making a joke in that moment or I'm laughing to one of my colleagues and 
like I'm like initiating some some level of a joke, right? So maybe he's seeing this side of my personality and feels like this is an opening to talk to me. And I think this is a mistake that a lot of you niggas do. If I'm laughing with someone who I already know, it doesn't mean I want to talk to you. It doesn't mean that the door is open for you to now come into this conversation because you see my smile as an opening. Hello? I'm talking to someone who I already know. How did you come in? And then, you know, I try to think about myself here. I always like to look inward. I like to be introspective a lot, maybe too much. But I like to look inward and think to myself, maybe I'm being closed off, right? Maybe I'm not being open enough and I'm not allowing myself to enjoy and get to know new people. No, the answer is no. I'm right. I am closed off for a particular reason and this nigga showed and proved that reason to be true. So, okay, he's, I noticed he was, like, no, like, seeing me or, like, watching me in moments when I'm, like, reacting to something or making a point about something and I'm smiling, I'm laughing, I'm, like, doing something that seems to be uh, a gateway to approach me, right? Um, Mind you, he's seated. We're already in a dark room. It's basically a dormitory, how small the spot is. <laughs> and... He um he's already wearing dark glasses inside the building. Sir, can you see? He's wearing it's not prescribed. It's tinted, it's fully tinted. His glasses are useless. And it also makes you come off very arrogant. When I when niggas wear glasses like men in black glasses inside a building that's already dark, you're already an asshole. You're a certified asshole. Like, okay, nigga, what, what are we doing? Do you not have eyes? Are you, like, music soul child? Are your eyes, like, crossed extremely? What's wrong with your eyes that you can't show them when you're already in a dark room? It's just weird to me. But okay, fine. Everyone has their personal style. Respect it. We got to be able to express ourselves, right? Okay. So, okay, cool. So I'm seated kind of next to him, and he uh, leans in towards me. And you know when you – even though I wasn't looking his way, I still am looking his way because I'm looking everywhere. Like, I could be facing forward, but I know exactly what's going on to my left. I know what's going going on in my right. Um, I know what's going on behind me. I know what's going on outside. Like, I have – eyes everywhere I like to be on guard that's just how I was raised or how I was conditioned okay so he leans in towards me I'm like okay he's about to say something to me what's he gonna say he leans into me and then he asked me his first his first time even speaking to me he asked me a question the question is how old are you he's like oh how old are you and I'm like huh in my head, I say, huh? Mind you, thankfully, I'm not one of those girls who are very uh, shy or find it offensive to share your age. I don't see age that way. I see it in honor to 
be older, right? I see it as God's blessing. I really do. Maybe I'm very wonky with it, but like I look at things very spiritual, spiritual, and I think it's an honor. I would rather be 30 than dead, right? I would rather be 35 than de- dead. I would rather still be living and still be at the age that I'm living and just stand in that. I think it's an honor to be your age, no matter how what age you are. When you get older, for some reason, there's a lot of women who are very trepidatious when it comes to sharing their age and it's just so weird to me like girl what is a blessing you're here you're ble- you're blessed to be here people who are dead many many spirits who are no longer in the body of flesh are envious because they would rather be alive from what I have like research and stuff. But anyway, yeah, so I see it as an honor. I don't see it as a weird thing, but in that moment being that he didn't ask me anything before, being that he didn't say anything to me before, and your first question is how old am I? It just was a little weird. Again, I wasn't offended. It was just like, okay, okay, I'm 30. So I said I'm 30. And then he just sits back. He just literally go go back to his former position and continue smoking his hookah. And I'm like, what? In my head, like, what the fuck? Are you going to open this conversation up or was that it? Was that it for the night? (laughs) Mind you, again, like, I really don't give a fuck about him, but, like, there's a way to um, introduce yourself to someone. There's a way to approach someone. And let's be very honest. Let's keep the disclaimer very clear. Nobody is checking for this nigga. I'm not checking for anybody else. I am very happy with the one I'm with, okay? Um, But in the meantime, in between time, don't approach me for the first time. And your first question is, uh, how old are you? That's just weird to me. So I go back to him. I'm like, okay, how old are you? He tells me he's 51. Already red flag because now I'm going back to my roller deck of of thoughts right I'm going back to my roller deck of thoughts and I'm like oh this nigga who is in this small ass building with all of us is wearing men in black glasses in this dark ass room he's already arrogant he is seated where he is amongst a bunch of women and is hardly inter not entertaining us but like not even like respecting us like not how do i say it? not to say he was he was disrespecting us but he wasn't caring about us and yes this is your first time meeting all of us but i feel like if you're a gentleman you're a gentleman period no matter who you're around no matter if you've met met this woman for the first time, you are a gentleman. You're going to say, oh, hi, how you doing? I'm X, Y, and Z. What's your name? Or there's a way to be in your body language that immediately demonstrates respect and gentleman-like. And he didn't at all express that. He didn't demonstrate that. He was very much of an arrogant asshole like um there was just this arrogance about him this air of arrogance as if women are to chase him and to come towards him and he's like this king on the throne like nigga you are wearing a gym shirt right now in this dark room while wearing men in black glasses I promise you no women is going to come after you I I promise you 
shit, maybe women around, maybe women around his age, but I promise you a 30-year-old woman like me will not be one of those women. Let's be very, very clear. So he's seated. So he, he tells me his age after I asked him. He's 51. And, um, again, it just are, it immediately intensifies the arrogant assholeness of it all. So he then proceeds to, you know, at this point I'm standing up again. I stand up again, and he happens to be standing up as well. And then he leans into me again, and he tells me, which is oh Lord, another poor approach. This nigga tells me, he says, oh, let me describe what I'm wearing. Let me describe what I'm wearing. So at this point, not at this point, I was wearing it the whole time I arrived at the spot. But anyway, um, at this point, I'm wearing a, uh, basically, my titties were, were, were tittying, okay? What I mean by that, they were sitting very well, as they do. Praise God. I love my body. Um, I love my tits. <laughs> but um, I prayed for these. I remember being younger and praying for breasts <laughs> like mine. <laughs> And look at God. All you got to do is pray. Can't tell me praying don't work. No, but anyway, um, I'm wearing this, like, semi-crop top that is very uh, – it's fitted, and it's like a camisole, so it's, like, spaghetti straps, essentially, and you see, like, the curvaceous of my breasts and all that. Okay, and I'm wearing jeans uh, and – some strappy heels that's my outfit very cute very simple but still bang bang you know so that was the vibe I was going into it with and so yeah so that's the context so just imagine that outfit on me okay so he leans into me and he then tells me this nigga this 51 year old nigga tells me are you, are you ready to hear what he tells me? He says, you're deceptively fine. Yeah, please drop the mic. Pull over the car. Are you driving right now? Are you driving right now? Pull over the car and listen again. This 51-year-old man who's wearing men in black glasses and uh, Under Armour gym shirt tells me, that I am deceptively fine. What does that mean? Please tell me what that means. And mind you, he said it and was just like, and he just leaned back. Like, he just said it and was like, okay, drop the mic. So, of course, I'm curious because what the fuck? Because it seems like a, it sounds kind of like a compliment, right? Okay, you call me fine. That's the compliment. But then it sounds like a backhanded compliment, and the backhanded part is deceptively. So you're trying to tell me I'm not initially fine, but I, I tricked you into realizing how fine I am? Either way, it's just, what are you doing? I feel like some people, some men, some black men, try to approach women on, like, a, a weird argumentative provoking tip when you could just say hey how you doing you could just start off like it could literally be that simple it could just be hey how are you my name is you're so beautiful 
I just want to tell you that. It, it could just be so simple. But no, he starts off and tells me, you're deceptively fine. And I'm like, okay, what, what do you, that's hilarious. I tell him, that's hilarious. What do you mean by that? He says, the way that I'm dressed, it appeared like my body shape is not fully obvious but he could read between the lines basically so because of the jeans that I'm wearing I assume because they're not super fitted and I don't like to wear too fitted jeans because they just feel so tight on me I like to feel free so that's why I like my jeans a little bit like I like boyfriend style jeans I like baggy a little bit baggy style jeans so basically with the jeans that I had on you can't really see too much of the sculptor the sculpture of my ass right you can't really see too much of the sculpture of my thighs you can't really see that unless you really see that right unless you really try and you are looking deep into me right and so <clears throat> he's explaining to me that because I'm because of what I'm wearing it is it doesn't come off that I'm as fine as I am but he says how he could see he could really like he could see underneath it all and he knows that I have a nice body and he's just like and then he goes on to say um what he say he goes on to say that um oh he could tell that I'm younger he could tell that I'm 30 because um because of what I'm wearing also like I'm not wearing all these like name brand type of material on so I probably don't have the money like that to wear that so <laughs> that's why he, he's saying all this to me y'all and I'm just like is this the Twilight Zone and he's going he's going down a whole assessment into who I am when it could just simply be hey how are you like <laughs> And I'm laughing because I'm like, I don't give a fuck what he says about me. Like, who, what's your name again? You know, Era? Your name is Era, right? Okay. Like, I don't, I don't care. So, but it's just, it's just a point of contention that I wanted to share here on this podcast episode because a lot of these older guys really feel like they have the audacity. You know that book that Barack Obama wrote or, you know, publish whatever, um, the audacity of Obama, the audacity of, I forgot the title, the audacity of Barack, this nigga had the audacity. He had that same audacity. Like, wow, this man, this 51-year-old wearing men in black glasses, wearing his whole gym attire at a club, has the audacity to come to me, and if we want to play, like, age entitlement come to a 30 year old woman and says this and I think this is like this war this undercover war between older men older black men and younger black women and it comes from this idea of well younger black women is seeking for um attention and sugar daddy support essentially 
when they are with an older black man and the older black man is feeling like they're the prize because hey i could sponsor your whole life so you need me essentially so i'm going to be this asshole that i want to be to uh towards you and you're just going to have to take it and um i'm that's why i said what i said in my last episode of this podcast how i talked about just when I think about money and I think about dating, I never want to appear or demonstrate a need for my partner to pay for anything for me because I don't ever want to, one, feel entitled, nor do I want to be under your control, especially if you're that type of black guy who, older black guy who's very, excuse me, who's very, um, who feels like they're the shit so much so that I got to kiss your ass. Now, don't get me wrong. Of course, I would love for, um, like, if you're in a relationship, your partner to want to take the load off of X, Y, and Z. That's nice and all, but I don't hold that. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at it wrong. Maybe I'm just like, maybe I'm playing myself. Maybe I should look at it differently. <laughs> I don't know. I'm literally thinking about this out loud right now. But again, I just, I do it primarily because one, I was raised that way. Like my parents never raised me to be um, financially dependent on another person, period, regardless of, regardless of relationship status. Like it was just on some, make sure you take care of yourself. You know, you go to school, you get your degree, you're smart, you're capable, you're able to work and support yourself. Be able to do that. Don't depend. And yeah, that was my mom's you know, my mom and dad are married and all that. My mom was always in that mindset. My dad was always too, like, make sure you can support yourself, take care of yourself. Don't depend on anyone. You have to be able to support yourself. And that has always been my mindset. So when I've been in relationships and being in this relationship that I am in, I don't see it as an opportunity to, well, go ahead and take care of me. I won't do anything anymore. It's just, I don't, look at it that way so when I say it seems like there's this undercover war between younger black women and older black men because these older black men really believe that oh these younger black women are seeing me as this prize and they're trying to get something out of me so I'm going to make them pay I'm going to make them suffer a bit by giving them a backhanded compliment by um, by making them feel like they're not the ship, by kind of dumbing them down. And that's what I'm seeing Era in this moment do. He's saying, oh, I'm deceptively fine. He's calling me out for not wearing name brand um, clothing. He is like not as, this is weird. It's very weird. So what else happened? There was a couple of other moments that made me realize, oh, yeah, he's so corny. He, um, okay, so then he then tried to spark a conversation, finally, like a regular person. And he asked me, where did I go to school? And whenever people in Houston or just, like, people outside of Massachusetts or outside of the Northeast ask me that question, I'm typically faced with people who have no idea what school that I'm referring to that I went to for my undergrad 
but people have more of an idea of my graduate school, Boston University. So I typically, when people ask me what school did I go, or what school did I went to, or graduated from, I just say, oh, I went to a school up north, right? I just say, oh, I went to school in Boston. I went to school in Connecticut. Because I'm typically faced with, oh, I don't know where that is, or okay, I never heard of it. It's like, oh, I don't feel like going through the whole, oh, it's it's next to Bridgeport, it's in the West Haven. It's just, nigga, I don't, okay, you don't know, you don't know. Look it up next time in case you remember. Like, I really don't care enough in this moment to continue this small talk with you when all you've ever known is Atlanta and Houston. You know, like, when people have, all, when people have only lived in certain areas in their life, in one or two different states, in one hemisphere, you won't know what I'm talking about. You won't know. Like, if you only live in Atlanta and you were born and raised in Houston and you maybe traveled to New Orleans here and there, you won't know that I went to – you won't know what a university in New Haven is. They'll ask me, oh, where's that? You know, if you can't even tell me where New Haven is, then we don't need to have this conversation, we don't. In this dark room while you're wearing, wearing men in black glasses, we don't need to have this conversation. That's just my take. Okay. So I respond like that. I say, oh, I went to a school up north. I went to a school in Connecticut. And he's like, that's not what I asked you. Already argument to you, that's not what I asked you. What I asked you was, what school did you go to? And I'm like, oh, well... I'm just going to say I went to – he's like, no, he no, what he said, he said, basically, why did I respond that way? Like, I asked you, what school did you go to? I didn't ask you where your school is. I asked you, what school did you go to? And I explained to him why I responded that way, just what I said to you guys right now, how typically people don't know what school I'm talking about. So then he tried to give me context by saying, oh, well – I went to, he's saying how he went to Salem University, which I feel like he just pulled out his ass, but because it's, you know, in the Northeast, then he will have more of an idea of where my school is. So I did tell him, so I ended up telling him the name of the school that I went to for undergrad and where I went to for for graduate school. But that was it. Like, the conversation just ended there. It wasn't like, oh, I lived in Boston for five years when I was in my 40s like it wasn't like a conversation needed to be he just wanted to know these quick bit facts about me and I'm like you did all that to be like it was just too aggressive like why you had to say well that's not what I asked you nigga that's how I answered that's how I that's how I answered that's how I chose to answer your question okay so what happens now I tell you where I went for undergrad I tell you where I went for graduate school what what now like, that's why I hate small talk. Where are we going with this conversation? Do you know a connect from Boston that you wanted to just share with me in this moment? Did you did you want to share how you lived in Boston for five years and you want to talk about your transition from Boston to Houston? Like, do you want to talk? Like, we could have those moments. But if you're just asking me these quick bit questions, I keep on saying it weird, quick bit questions, then for what? So now he's, like, getting a little argumentative with me. I'm like, well, that's how I chose it. He's like, well, um, he's like, yeah, that's not what I asked you. I'm like, well, I chose to answer that, that way because X, Y, and Z. So then he says, what he said? He's like, well, you got to open, you got to open your, you got to open your circle more. You got to change people in your circle if that's the answer that you always get, that they don't know where your school is. And I'm like, it's not people in my circle, nigga. 
<laughs> I didn't say that part. I didn't say the nigga part. I said it's not people in my circle. It's just it's random niggas that come up to me. <laughs> I, said, that's it. I said it's not people in my circle. It's random niggas who come up to me and ask me questions like this. <laughs> that's what I said to him. He kind of like pushed back. And um, I think he kind of laughed. And then the conversation kind of ended again. And so it then leads into another moment when he was seated at a particular chair in our little space area. Um, mind you, everyone is sharing the same chair. It's no one's particular seat, right? It's a shared space. Um, so I happened to sit down at his seat, quote unquote, right? He was up and out for a minute. Like, he went to the bar. He went somewhere. I think he was talking to other women. I don't give a fuck. He finally comes back, right? And he sees that I'm seated in his seat. He's standing in front of me, y'all. And he does his, like, motion with his hands. Like, get up. That's my seat. Get up. That's my seat. That's what he says to me, y'all. And I I don't think he said – I don't know if his attitude was trying to be funny. It was hard to really tell in that moment. You know, the music's loud. The DJ booth is right next to us here. And he tells me, um, get up. That's my seat. And I'm looking at him like, are you serious right now? He's like, yeah, that's my seat. Get up. And I'm like <laughs> – so I turn around. I look around to some of my colleagues who was around me, and they're kind of shocked too. So I'm, I'm going to get up because – Nigga, you could have your your two dollar seat. Have your two. I'll be fine standing up. That's fine. So thankfully, my dope ass colleague, who's a man, got up like the gentleman that he is and gave me his seat. Again, I didn't need a seat. I was just seated. I just wanted to sit down for that second. But he got up because he's a gentleman and gave me his seat. And prior to me seated to the new seat era tells me he's like he laughs at me like not at me but like he's like laughing while he's saying this he says you know i love you i'm just playing i'm just messing with you i'm just messing with you (laughs) but he still sits down on his seat don't get me wrong but actually he got up he wanted me to get up because i noticed he he had a woman with him and he brought her to his seat so he wanted her to sit down which is like okay okay nigga but anyway he says that he's like no, he didn't say, you know, I love you. What, like, nigga, I just met you. Um, he said, oh, you know, I like you. I'm just messing with you. Yeah, that's what he said. You know, I like, I'm just messing with you. I'm like, uh-huh, okay. I'm, it's hard to tell. And I just was serious with him afterwards. It was just weird. So then I sit down at my colleague's seat, who's a gentleman, and offered me his, well, sat up, got up for me to sit down. Just, like, really nice. But it was just like, why? Why is there, like, this this pull and tug, this tug and war between older black men and younger black women? I just don't understand, like, what is it that you feel like I want or need for you? I didn't, I, I didn't approach you. I was never interested in you. I didn't look your way. And he wanted so much attention. He wanted me to kiss the feet that he that he walks on or whatever. Kiss his feet. That's what he wanted me to do, and I just was not impressed. Like, okay, nigga, you, you come up to me and you say, I'm deceptively fine. Am I supposed to react well to that? Am I supposed to be impressed? It's so funny to me, and thank God I have a sense of humor, but it's just so funny because I think about, like, 
if I was a, a real, like, just angry person, it would have been an argument immediately, you know? Oh, Lord, thank God for growth. But, yeah, so I ended up having, not having to leave, but I finally left, like, probably an hour or two later, and it was a great night nonetheless. Um, I went around <laughs> to hug all of my colleagues, the people who I do know, right, the people who I do know and do like, and I think he was waiting for me to hug him because he was, like, standing in between me and my colleague. And I went around him and hugged my colleague. Like, nigga, I don't fucking know you, and I'm not trying to get to know you. But I still think, like, there, even though I'm not checking for any nigga, right, I'm not checking for anybody else, I feel like just being a woman, there should just naturally be some level of respect I'm given there should be a level of chivalry that I'm given, even though I'm not checking for you, even though I'm not interested in you at all. There should naturally be just a level of chivalry that I'm experiencing every time I'm around niggas. And that's just on period. Like, I just think it's so weird how you have a man who's seated while there are three women standing in front of him. Not once did Era ask any one of us, do you guys want to sit down? Like, are your legs so tired you have to sit down in front of women? That is such a turnoff to me. Like, and I also see it as a hedge of protection as a man. Even though, yes, we're in this shared environment and it seems to be safe, we're fine, you never know what could happen. Your instinct instantly should be to protect women and black women, if you want to add that to the card, but you should protect black women at all costs, whether you know us or not. So in that moment, he should have asked one of us to, well, asked us if we wanted to sit down. If we said no, then we said no. But he never asked any one of us, or he didn't ask me. I don't know if he asked any of my other colleagues. Um, and you should just want to stand around us women because you standing up is essentially a hedge of protection for women rather than us you see there's three of us three of us women standing up while he's seated down as if the gender roles are now switched now we're standing up protecting him from what nigga like who are you it was just so weird to me so I just really want to say to all you know 51 year old niggas and above Y'all are corny as hell. Y'all are corny as hell. You're not the prize. And I want to just make it very clear for women to be who you want to be. And what I mean by that is be that support that you may want from your partner. Already be that support on your own. Already be that financial support on your own. So that... If and when you are with someone who wants to support you financially, you're not in need of it. You're just in want of it, right? You may desire it, but it's not necessarily something that you need. Like, you're not dependent upon this man to take care of you. And this is all that I've experienced. Like, this is this was my assessment all in that moment. This was all that I was able to gather from that moment. And I'm like, let me just go ahead and share this on the pod. Because I think, you know, 
I just really want to pop the bubble that's in these older guys' heads that they really think they're the shit. I really want to continue to stamp out how chivalry is essential and it's important, whether or not you are romantically interested in that person. Chivalry is still necessary. I don't care who I'm with. If you're a man and I'm with you, you know, we could be going out with colleagues. We could be going out, whatever the case is. Hold the fucking door. Hold the fucking door for me. Hold the door. Open the door and let me in first. Walk um, on the outside while I'm on the inside of the sidewalk. Let me sit on the inside of the booth while you sit on the outside. Like, there's just these natural chivalry chivalrous things that could be done on a daily that just demonstrates your character your gentleman-like behavior that is just commendable just be that just be that person just be that nigga be that person don't feel like that's only reserved for the woman you are romantically interested in you should be that same way towards your sister towards your mom towards your aunt towards your female cousins Child, I just cannot. That's why I still believe in gender roles. They still are a thing. I know we want to live in a world where gender is a a social construct and you could be a woman today, a man tomorrow, and you could be a plural pronoun and a singular pronoun today and tomorrow. Like, I, I get it. We live in a world where up is down and down is up, but I'm still going to operate in the reality that I want to see in the perception that I want to see as reality. And my reality needs to include men who are naturally chivalrous. Whether I'm interested in them romantically, whether they are interested in me romantically, I deserve to be chivalred too. (laughs) So, you know, thankfully I have a man in my life who is that way, chivalrous, but it's just so disheartening when you see other men out there who are totally not chivalrous and who don't give a fuck and who really think they're the shit and it's like but you're wearing men in black glasses right now and another thing and another thing i'm gonna put a pin on this topic to finally move forward to another topic but he was also asking no so first he asked me He's like, are you single? I said, no, I am not. And then he proceeded to pretty much tell me about myself. He was saying how, oh, after, oh, after he said the whole comment of me being deceptively fine, he said that I appear as this, this like strong black independent woman and the basically all the the trope that a lot of people will put upon black women this whole independent strong you know smart take no shit type of woman and though yes there's a compliment in there but it's also you don't know me though like I don't like when People feel like they are within the grounds of telling me who the fuck I am. 
I'm sorry. Last time I last time I checked, I'm the one who's Maxine Morency. Are you? Are you Maxine Morency? Is it you? Did my mom give birth to you instead of me and named you Maxine Morency? No? So don't tell me about myself, especially when it's your first accord of seeing me. So when he's saying these things, I'm, I'm standing there just like, again, I'm not feeding into it because I feel like he presents himself in that moment at least as this argumentative type of character. You know, earlier when he said, well, that's not what I asked you, when he was asking me about what school I went to. It's like, nigga, you don't fucking know. You don't know. So I'm just going to say I went to a school in Boston. I went to a school in Connecticut. That's it. But it's just, again, these older black men, there is a chip on y'all's shoulder, and I want to help you remove it. I want to chip it off for you. I want you to get to a point in life, hopefully soon, where you are comfortable in your identity you are comfortable in your age, you are comfortable in your status in life, and you don't feel like you have the right to tell women who they are and what place they need to be. If I'm not your woman, right, if I am not in obligation to you in some sort, even that's already toxic, but you know what I mean. Like, if I do not have any loyalty towards you, then there is no fundamental reason for you to meet me day one and proceed to tell me about myself when you don't even know me it's just weird oh my god that whole exchange was just like wow noted 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 and it just sparked this conversation to have on the pod so again older black men I really want you all to do better, okay? And I'm saying, though I had this exchange with one black older guy in the, in this moment, doesn't mean that I'm saying all older black men is the same. I, I say plural language because I see in the media, you know, when you see uh, Kevin Samuel, who is of a particular age, he's at least 45, so within that range, you see a lot of like this kind of hate towards women from men, from some men in that in that bracket. Like, are, what happened? Let's sit down and talk about what happened. What did your mama do to you? So, yeah, um, just a weirdo, just a fucking weirdo. Now let's talk about how I am a world class swimmer. Yes, it is I. I have revealed another part of my identity to you all, and I hope you can accept me as I am. <laughs> okay, I'm saying this because I took swim lessons uh, for a few weeks now because I always wanted to learn how to swim. I never learned when I was younger. And this is a point in my history that... Like, a lot of people who grew up the way that I grew up, like, in the same city, same cultural background, many of them also did not have the experience of swimming, which is interesting because I remember dating a guy before, and he would say, you don't know how to swim, you're Haitian. It's like, 
yeah, but I wasn't, I, I didn't live on an island, nigga. Like, no, I didn't know how to swim. Like, what? People just have these weird ideas of things that you should just automatically know how to do because, oh, you come from a particular ethnic background, which would make sense if I lived in Haiti, right? Like, it would make sense if I lived in Haiti, if I stayed on an island, if I was in a country that only had water, <laughs> okay, that would make sense. But no, my parents didn't just drop me in a pool. Like a lot of the peers that I'm around now would say, oh, they learned how to swim because their their father just dropped them in a, a river <laughs> and they just figured it out. Like what? Which is interesting and cool, but um, I never had that experience. So I love the water. I always wanted to learn how to swim, and I told myself, you know what? Let me go ahead and finally learn and finally just, like, try. And that's what I did. So thankfully, there is a YMCA just, like, literally right around the corner from where I live, like, three-minute walk, if that. And I decided, you know what? Let me see what they offer. Looked into that uh signed up for the swim lessons and I'm so happy the instructor was amazing she was a great teacher super young girl I don't know how old she I didn't ask her but I know she was definitely younger than me <laughs> but she was just a really great instructor and was patient with me and was really really made sense of the different techniques that she showed me and just she showed me the fundamentals and that's what I needed because I remember like when I was grow up, like when I would be, in, cause I've always been in pools. I've always been in the body of water. I love water, like I said, but when people would try to show me like officially how to swim, they'll just show me like in such a haste type of way. Just, just do this, kick your legs, kick your legs. Like, huh? Wait, I don't know how to breathe underwater yet. Can we start from there? You know, like, there were some things that I just didn't know, oh, this is essential. And mind you, what's funny is that I remember growing up when I would take baths, because, you know, I had a bathtub, and I would take baths, and I always put my head underwater to, like, just kind of breathe in the water and blow bubbles. But I didn't realize that this is another, this is a technique that you'll use in swimming. Like, you'll use your breath underwater to breathe in the water. That helps you to float. That helps you to, yeah, just swim even more. So I was learning all these techniques during my swim lessons at the YMCA. And it just started with the fundamentals, and that's what I needed to learn, just like the fundamentals and just the techniques that she just introduced me to. And so... I know how to float now on my front, on my stomach, and on my back. I know how to kick my legs and, like, move through the water and swim. And I know how to glide. So all these things are now the essentials that I do know how to do. And what I realized was my uh, fear when it, come, when it came to swimming was just literally letting my body be submerged in the water when I would try to let my second foot off like the the ground I wouldn't do that like I would just I will still hold on to the ground there was still this panic within me so I was so 
grateful that I grew from, like, I finally let go of that fear. And it's it's definitely subsided. Like, it's, it's not as strong. It's really not strong anymore. And I just feel the sensation like, okay, let me just go ahead and go, go into it. Basically, what I learned throughout this process was to be intentional. With swimming, you are really in touch with your body. You're really in touch with just you're at peace with the water the water is your water like you are with the water you're not against the water you don't have to fight the water just be in the water and with the 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 spirit of intention is you're really present in that moment you're thoughtful in that moment so when she was showed me when my instructor was showed me the initial move to start off at she'll show me an example she'll explain the technique I will you know I'm I'm a talk and I'll ask questions so what does this mean and so she'll show me or she'll explain the technique of floating and how your breath when you hold it it holds you up and that like you're you're your own floating device um she did help me you with the use of the the noodle and the the floating device and stuff so that does help um but she just showed me more of the techniques that I could use just that's already internal so that was really great and I just feel so proud of myself like wow I wanted to learn how to really do something and I took the step to go ahead and do that and I share this because I think oftentimes we think well I'm a certain age I I've already passed the boat. And I said that to myself before about swimming. Like, well, I, th- I think it's much easier if you learn it when you're a kid because when you're a kid, you're you're more fearless, right? You're more brave as a kid. And I think to myself, like, well, that is such a limited mindset to have. When you get older, yes, you are more aware of challenges and obstacles and you're really, you know, just in this world and you're just doing your best to conquer but you have to continuously be intentional every day. And so with swimming, I think about like the intention with being at one with your body, at one with the water. It's a life skill. And to not limit yourself in thinking, oh, well, I'm 30 right now. I should have learned how to swim years ago. No, I can't swim anymore. That's such a limited mindset. So I came into the session every day, not well, every Saturday, thinking to myself, okay, I'm doing it right now. Okay, I'm doing it again. Okay, like, so you put one step in front of the other and you just continue to try and you continue to be at peace. You continue to be at one with the session and you're not allowing any distractors um, get in the way. I'm giving her, my instructor, my full attention. I'm just really there. I'm present. So I learned to be more present, more in the now, more intentional. And it just bleeds into other facets and other facets in my life. I think about just the bravery that I had to come here, come to Houston, Texas, and set this life and cultivate this life for myself. And wow, I did that. I did that for myself because I said I wanted to do it. And I just put one foot in front of the other. Many times I didn't know what I was doing. Many times I thought this was foolish. Maybe I should have just stayed back home in Boston. But I stayed committed and I stayed 
in this intention to change my life into the life that I wanted for myself. And so I say this to say, you could really do whatever you want. Like this, there's no limit. There's no limit. There's no, there's no time construct. You know, time is an illusion. What is time? What is age? You know, I mean, you know, don't be with someone underage. But the point is, you can still accomplish that t- that goal that you always wanted to accomplish, that desire that you always wanted to fulfill. And there's still some more de- desires and goals that I still want to accomplish and conquer and we'll we're getting there you know step by step but I just want to say I'm a world-class swimmer like hello (laughs) Michael Phelps who is Maxine Morency (laughs) but yeah I'm just really so proud of myself I'm mad that the sessions are already over like I really think the last session so I went to one today I had every Saturday and the one prior to today was another great session. Like, I could really s- just map out my progress. And I wish there would be, like, at least two more, like, somebody kind of show out. Like, oh, look how much I've grown. But anyway, I do see the growth anyway. And I wanted to just just give myself the pat on my back. Like, wow, I did that shit. I did that shit. I did that shit. So, yeah. Um, this is just to say to continue to live continue to try continue to conquer and go forth and go towards your goals or whatever that is married at first sight my god um i mean (laughs) where does one begin so i just want to say johnny is is toxic he is emotionally abusive, and I just when I, whenever I see his face, I want to light it up with a match. Like I want to blow his head off. And when he does that little face when he gets mad when he's about to blow up because Bao is not in the moment like he is that bullshit ass. What the fuck are you talking about, nigga? Just get the heart right. Like you're painting a picture. I want the heart to be in alignment because we're connecting the photos together. How am I not in the moment? Know how to paint. Huh? Anyway, so the la- the latest episode of Married at First Sight, you have Johnny just showing out. Just showing out. Now, people are comparing Johnny and Chris. Chris from the previous season of Married at First Sight. Let's see if I could draw some similarities. Yes, they're both emotionally abusive, but huh, they do it differently. So with Johnny, though, Johnny wasn't outright blatantly insulting Bao. Like, he wasn't calling her ugly or unattractive at, in, at any sort. Like, he wasn't doing that. And that may also just be how he's raised. Like, he's Asian, but I don't think, like, do they even know the word ugly? Like, I don't know. Like, how do they even communicate when it comes to uh, describing a woman or being attracted? Like, they don't uh, – it's not the same. Like, I know how a black man communicates. I don't know about Asian men. So let me just be very clear with that. With Chris, you have him – again, this is Chris from the previous season, Married at First Sight. You have him 
just being a complete asshole but i've i've seen black men do this some black men do this so i'm used to that um type of energy from them where you know when chris was like i don't understand why you match me with this why you match me with Paige when there's so many other queens in Atlanta, so many other black queens, and just completely shitting on her. Johnny has never said anything outright blatant like that. What's interesting, though, he said in a previous episode of the season that he doesn't know if he's attracted to Bao, yet they have had sex. I know that. And um, it seems like he is attracted to her. I don't know. It seems like he's not not attracted to her. Like, I don't think he finds her disturbing right i just think he's just a weirdo like I, there's a lot of weirdo is the is the theme of this episode huh i just think he's a weirdo i really do i think he um because he sees affection in this like distorted point of view he comes off very weirdo like um when he's talking about how he wants his wife to make the first move basically all the time he wants his wife to be the affectionate one to be the big spoon nigga i if that's not unattractive i don't know what that is and maybe that's my toxic trait but i always see it as the man is holding me (laughs) what hello what (laughs) what do you mean i'm holding you to do what I'm holding your account. I could hold your hand, but you're holding me. Like, I'm not, what are we talking about? (laughs) Sure, there are moments when you can hold your, I I just feel like it's so weird to me because the man's back is bigger than yours, right? Like, that, what are we doing right now? (laughs) What, What do you mean I'm holding you? That is just so laughable to me. Like, I'm holding you like I'm your man. It just, I guess I'm very rigid in my idea of what cuddling looks like, but I always just see it as the man protecting me. Like, that's, it's always about protection for me. Like, I want to feel protected and safe with you. And if I'm holding you, who the fuck is is beating the, the bad guy when we see the bad guy in the alley? Is it me or you? Huh? Who the fuck is going to, you know, you know, kill the robber who comes into our home is it me or you i mean both of us could do it at the same time you know however we could you know fight him off but like ultimately am i safe with you or do you like is it switch what is going on and johnny presents himself as someone who i don't think bow could feel safe with like is he someone who's like you know he defends his women you know his woman is he someone who takes care of his woman? He's not this this provider, this protector. And that is ultimately what, what I look for when a partner's in my life. Like, that's what I see. Like, it's, it's does he make me feel safe? Does he make me feel secure? And thankfully, I feel that way with my man. But it's just so weird when you see this example of a couple – on TV and he's like he he's so comfortable with being the quote unquote little spoon. I never understood that whole analogy, the little spoon and big spoon. Why are spoons Oh, I guess when you like put a spoon together, you know, they 
they hug each other because of the top of the spoon hold on i think it's making sense to me now okay that gets that kind of makes sense but yeah like um no the man's gonna be the big spoon like we're not this is not a discussion this is not a point of contention this is not a negotiate you're the man hold me tight what are we doing and we've seen scenes of of bow literally holding johnny from the back like she might as well fuck it from the back too at this point peg him then if you want to be pegged just say that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if you want to be pegged, Johnny, just say that. Another thing. And that's another thing. These women out here, these feminist women out here who are so adamant about pegging their man, that's a red flag for me, dog. You want me you want me to do what to your ass? You want me to I'm sorry, what? And I feel like Johnny will be down for that. He will be down for Bao to peg him. At that point, <laughs> throw the whole experiment away. Call Dr. Call, Pennington, Penny, Dr. Pennywise, every doctor. Call them to the table. I will no longer be a part of this experiment. Cut the cameras off. Go ahead and find me because this is not what I signed up for. Oh, child. I, I could not. Uh-uh, I could not. But, yeah, I think Johnny definitely wants to get pegged. That's my assessment. And I need Bow to get out. Straight, straight Jordan Peele. Get out. Just get out and get out. That's all. Um, I'm really disappointed with his – his ways, and I'm really proud of Bao and how well she, like, she knows who she is. You can tell that she is secure in her identity, but it's also, again, with what I've been talking about lately of this whole being the bigger person, being the adult in a situation, it's sucky because you have to deal with a child. You have to deal with someone who is poor at communicating, and you have to still maintain this level of maturity when very well deserving of of a lash out like that person on the receiving end is very well deserving of you wilding out on them but because you are this mature person because you are an adult you are maintaining this identity that you have grown to become and that you have worked hard to become and you shouldn't allow anyone, no matter where they are in their emotional, spiritual journey, you shouldn't allow them to take you off of this path that you're on in your in your life, in your growth. So I respect that in Bao. I do. I just, I don't want Johnny to continue to take her for granted. He's talking about, well, you don't cook gourmet. Nigga, what the fuck are you talking about? Go order from Uber Eats and shut up. What? Me cooking for you every day? Is going to determine how committed I am in this. What? Like, and the thing is, when he's in these moments when he, he wants to express himself, he always has to have a drink beforehand. You notice that? He always has to have a drink beforehand before he finally shares his truth and his feelings about something. And he just goes off. Like, well, you think you've been consistent this whole time? You think you've been given 100%? Like, nigga, relax. Like, calm, first of all, calm down. First, first of all, let's start there. Calm the fuck down. Who are you talking to? Let's start there. Wh- what? 
And that's when I feel like Bow could buck up and be like, let's let's fix our tone. Let, let's no no no, we're not doing that. We're not do, you know, just cut that shit. Cut that shit out, nigga. Bow, bow, bow down, bitches. That's exactly what Bow should be saying every time Johnny gets out of his lip and talk. And turns to her sideways. <laughs> kind of had a quick spasm. But she should really just say that. Bow, bow down, bitches. Just say that to him every time. And if you get the reference, you get the reference. You know, you know. Let's talk about Michaela and Zachary. Zachariah or Zachary. <laughs> Whatever his full name is. Zach. Uh, let's talk about you and Michaela right now. Now, Michaela has a tendency of not divulging the truth when it comes to having separate time away from her from her husband and talking to her sister or some of the other ladies about, you know, just the updates on her marriage. And on one hand, I understand kind of keeping your business to yourself. But on the other hand, she is very like she presents this like PC persona as if she can't be as honest as she could be. So when that scene happened between her and her sister and her sister's asking her, how's it going? You know, are we going to see babies? So all these things. I felt like at the very least, Michaela could have been like, you know what? I realize that my anger issues or my way of communicating has been shitty and it's been a point of contention between me and Zach. Like, she could have said something similar to that, but she didn't. She just, like, made it a we thing instead of just realizing, hey, I'm just going to own my accountability. And sure, you could name some things about Zach that you're not liking too much and that you're growing to like or growing to deal with. But overall, with Michaela, she just has a tendency of not really being honest and genuine when she's with other people. So that's very interesting to me. And I remember a prior scene between her and Brett. And Brett is asking her, how's it going? And again, Michaela's just giving this PC-ass answer. Just kind of like, okay, girl, but you was just breaking the Clorox wipes. What are we talking about? While Brett is being honest and transparent about how there's a disconnect between her and Ryan and how she doesn't know if he likes her and she doesn't feel like she's desired by him. And I just dis- I just really dislike that. Whenever you're with a friend and you're the one who's honest, <laughs> you're the one who's pretty open and just authentic in who you are and your experiences – and the other person is completely cut off from that reality. They just present this PC persona. Everything's all good, always good. There's no point of transparency. There's no point of vulnerability. And it just rubs me the wrong way. Because with me, I think about myself as I'm very authentic. I'm probably too much of a truth teller to be very honest with you. Like, I probably say too much. But it's not even on some, I'm going to go in this conversation and say too much. It's just, I just like to be me. Um, I do say the truth within reason, of course, but I also just like to feel like I'm in an environment where 
I can be honest with said person and not feel judged or manipulated or whatever the case is. So whenever I see someone like a Michaela or anyone else who presents this PC persona is never vulnerable, is never honest, is never authentic. It just shows me more of who you are. It shows me that you're someone who is not comfortable with yourself, not comfortable with your reality, who is just inauthentic and fake as hell. Fake as hell. Let's go ahead and end it here, you guys. Again, just want to give another promo shot to our Patreon page where you will receive exclusive content to all things God built this whether that's behind the scene vlog work or an extra episode of the podcast if you would like more of me and my lovely voice and my experiences and life and all these great things check out our patreon I don't know why I said it's mine (laughs) you know how people be like check out our page when it's just yours like it's not (laughs) And I'm saying that because, like, I don't have a team yet, so it's really, everything is me. Like, I'm the producer, I'm the writer, I'm the um, videographer, I'm the photographer, I'm the executor, I'm the creator, I'm the host. It's mine. There's no our, right? Um, Our could be seen as, well, I see you guys or feel you guys as, you know, my listeners, my audience, and I appreciate that, my supporters. So I see it like that with our, but it's my Patreon page. (laughs) I don't have a team yet. So uh, again, if you are interested in more content, exclusive content, check out our Patreon page. The link is always in the show notes. So check that out. And another shout out in case you haven't realized the last episode, starting the last episode of this podcast there um so the podcast is now released through a new host called anchor um i previous previously to that i've only released episodes through the hosts of soundcloud and what that means is i will upload it through garageman into soundcloud and soundcloud will then release it to the other platforms that i have it signed up on right um I've now since the last episode of this podcast I've now switched hosts into anchor so um wherever you are listening to this podcast you will I guess see that switch maybe so if you are if you used to be a SoundCloud listener this podcast is no longer available on SoundCloud that's basically what I'm saying this podcast is no longer available on SoundCloud it is available on the platforms that I've released it on. So that's Spotify, that's Anchor, that's Apple Podcasts, of course. And there's also another platform called Google Overcast. Either way, when you look up Google, when you look up this podcast, God Built This, you'll f- see that the new host is Anchor. So check that out and um, continue to support however you can. Thank you again for listening, and I will check in with you guys next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of God Built This Podcast with your host, Maxine. Be sure to leave a review, give me five stars, and of course, subscribe. Also, follow God Built This Podcast on Instagram at God Built This Pod. God bless.